Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about the cry of a defeated man. The cry of a defeated man. And I hope to encourage you this morning from the Word. I hope to show you that when everything seems impossible, hopeless, or you feel helpless, don't quit. Look to God. Because with God, great things can happen. And as one of the songs we sang a little bit ago, God cares. He cares for you. He cares for your life. He cares for whatever what we would call problems you might be dealing with. He cares for you in those things. And God is there for you. And He wants you to, to go to Him and seek Him. And this morning, we're going to look at a man who had to do that. And he did. And God blessed him. We're talking about the cry of a defeated man. And uh, I say defeated because uh, he was facing defeat. I mean, th- this was clear, as we'll get here in a little bit. Uh, everything from the outside, if you're looking at what was going on, uh, he had no hope. And there was no help coming to him as far as the world was concerned uh, for him and his army and his nation. And he was in a position where if you're going to look and say uh, it's helpless or utterly hopeless, uh, he was in the, that type of position. And we find him looking to God. Now we're talking about a king of Judah. Asa is his name, King Asa. And you know, when it comes to the kings of Israel, there was, uh, when the kingdom divided, you had a lot of bad kings, but you had some good kings that looked to God, and this is one of the men that did. And I do want to point that out. Okay, You can be doing the right things in life and still have a difficulty, still have something come upon you that you have to deal with. And this man here, the Bible tells us that he had not only taken the throne, but he had look to God and directed the people to look to God. And then he built defenses and fortifications. In other words, he was prepared. He did what he was supposed to do in life. Uh, Yet we find him running into this difficulty, and that can happen to any one of us. Uh, You know, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, uh, is the passage where we call, you know, the great invitation. Jesus says, come unto me, all you that are, uh, you know, that are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Well, that uh, burden talks about, you know, a burden. That word heavy laden is a different word. It talks about a burden that has been placed upon you. A burden you didn't choose to carry, but you have to carry. And that's what happened to this man here. And maybe this morning you can relate that there's something in your life that you have to deal with that you didn't choose. Obviously, if you were given the choice, you would not have chosen it. But you have to deal with it. It's just part of life. And let me give you a few examples. Sickness is one of them. Nobody wants to get sick. Uh, you know, we've had what's going on with COVID and then other things. And nobody wants to deal with that, but that's, that's part of life. Uh, another one is disappointment. You know, people can let you down. Circumstances can uh, let you down. Uh, defeat is something he was dealing with. How about loss? You know, loss of maybe loved ones or loss of friends or loss of, uh, you know, maybe uh, the way things used to be a type thing. Separation. You know, you're separated from family, maybe. You're separated from uh, friends. And then, of course, just any sort of danger or problem. You know, those things that just can come upon you that you have to deal with and you have to carry, and they're a burden. You're, you're heavy laden with those things. You know, there's no defense you can construct or fortifications you can build to keep those away. 
That's the point I want to make. That's part of life. Uh, some of those things we're just going to have to deal with, they're going to happen. Uh, sometimes they happen at different times, and other times they happen all at once. But there's something we have to deal with. So the question can be asked, what can be done? What can be done? And that's what we want to consider this morning. What can be done when you're in a situation that appears hopeless and you feel defeated? Whether it's in your personal life, maybe at work, your family relationship, or just a, a situation that's come upon you that you've got to carry. Let's talk about how we can deal with that this morning. Uh, we find here in Second Chronicles chapter 14, I'm going to read it again. It's probably one of the best prayers you'll find in the Bible right here. It says here in verse 11, verse 11, And also cried unto the Lord his God, and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord. Our God, for we rest on thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art our God. Let no man prevail against thee. Let's consider this prayer and this cry of this defeated man. So this morning, the cry of a defeated man is what we're talking about. And I have four four things I want to share with you as we get into this. The first one is that you notice he recognized the Lord's greatness. Looking around, I'm sure he could have said, we're in trouble. And everyone would have agreed with him. He could have said, we're a weak army about to get destroyed. And everyone would have agreed with him. But notice in his prayer, he didn't bring attention to any of that. He's talking to God. And he says, God, you're great. He recognized the Lord's greatness. And notice what he said here. He said, it's nothing with thee to help. Whether with many or with them that have no power. The meaning here is he's saying, God, you can help anyone at any time. You can help those that are mighty, those that have much. You can help them with their problems. You can help those that are weak or those that have very little. You can help them with their problems. Basically, he's saying, God, you're mighty. You're God. You're the one who's powerful. You're the one who's almighty. Uh, The thought here is God is the one who makes the difference. Not men, not methods, not technology, not weaponry. It's God who makes the difference. It's God who has the power. It's God who is mighty. And that's what he's saying here. In his prayer, he's acknowledging God's greatness. And in a sense, he's saying, you alone, God, are the one who makes the difference. So will you please help us? Will you please help us with our problem? Now think about that for a moment. That's still true today. You know, it's God who makes the difference when it comes to your soul. When it comes to salvation. It's God who saves the soul. It's not us. It's not a church. It's not any good works we can do. But it's God who makes the difference. You see, God is the Savior of souls. This morning, I hope everyone here is saved, that you've accepted Christ as your Savior. You know, the understanding uh, to be saved is simple. Just understand that you're a sinner. You've sinned against God. The Bible tells us in Romans, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all made our mistakes. We've all opposed God. And then, uh, of course, afterwards, and once you understand that, then comes the understanding of, I need to be saved. I need to be forgiven. You know, when you do something against someone else, you can go to them and, and ask forgiveness, and they'll forgive you. Well, the Bible teaches that all sin is against God. So we need God's forgiveness is what we need. And once you recognize that, then you need to be forgiven. And the Bible teaches after that, forgiveness comes through Jesus Christ. He's the way to God the Father. All who receive Him into their heart will be saved. Uh, This morning, I hope, pray you've done that. 
It's simple. It's just understanding you're a sinner and receiving Christ as your Savior in a prayer from your heart. And when you've done that, if it's from your heart, you're saved. You, you, you have believed on Christ and salvation comes. God will come into your life and into your heart. Now the Bible tells us that also was a, he, he loved God. He, notice in this prayer, he says, you're our God. In other words, he belonged to the Lord and he recognized that God is the one who had the strength to work. And this morning, as we, we continue on, I hope you grasp that today. Just, just think about that. Let that sink in. That God can do anything. You know, when we believe God can do anything, then we'll pray to Him. When we believe God can do anything, then when we have difficult times, we'll trust in Him. We'll look to Him for help. You know, I often go back to the beginning, Genesis 1.1. You say, well, how does that help? You know, the Bible says, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created. I had a pastor challenge me on that. He said, do you believe that? I said, yeah. He said, that means God can do anything then. If you can believe the first verse of the Bible, then obviously you can believe the rest of the Bible. And then you can believe in your own life that God can work. Because God, if He created, He can work. And that's what we find in the Scriptures. And that's what we find here. It's just a matter of believing and, and just grasping hold of that. So, so grab hold of that truth this morning. Live by it. Live by the fact that you know that God can do great things and that God will hear your prayers and that God will answer. And that leads me to my second thought this morning. And this is what we find here. He recognized the Lord's greatness, but then he rested in the Lord's strength. Notice what the Bible tells us here. And we're in verse 11. He says, And also cried on the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord, our God. And then notice what he says. He says, For we rest. We rest on thee. We rest on thee. Now that word for rest in the Hebrews, it's a unique word. It's a word that means to lean upon with all your weight. You know, we think of resting on a bed, maybe that's what you're thinking about. You lay down on the bed and you're resting. And that's the thought, is that you are resting, you're leaning upon something with all your weight. He says, we rest upon thee, God. We're leaning upon you. Is what he's saying here. You know, it's interesting. This is the same word that's used in 2 Samuel chapter 1. Now, I'm going to go back there. Let me just show you so we can see a picture of this word. Even though it's not the same type circumstance, we can see a picture of this, how this word is used. And hopefully get a good understanding. This is 2 Samuel chapter 1. 2 Samuel chapter 1. And this is at the end of the first king of Israel was Saul. He disobeyed God, got himself in some trouble, got into a battle, and that battle he would lose his life. And here in this passage we find a description of a, a, a man who was there at the end and who, who saw King Saul at the end. And notice what he says in verse 6. He says, And the young man that told him, he's talking to David, said, As I happened by chance upon Mount Gilboa, behold, Saul leaned upon his spear, and lo, the chariots and horsemen followed hard after him. Now I'm not going to read the rest of this passage because it's talking about the end of his life and how he was defeated, but let me point out the picture here of the word. Notice he says he leaned upon his spear. You know the picture we have here? We have a wearied, wounded, broken-hearted, discouraged, desperate, and defeated king. Saul's life was coming to the end. He's broken. He's leaning on this spear. That's the picture we have. The difference between Asa and Saul was Asa was leaning upon God. 
You see, that's where we find the, the word, the importance of that word there. Asa is now trusting in God. This is several years later. But as king of Judah, he's in trouble and he's leaning upon God. He said, Lord, we rest. We rest on thee. And here, here's what this means. This means he's putting all of his trust in God. He's putting all of his hope in God. He's putting all of his faith in the Lord. And this morning, that that may be what you have to do today. Maybe right now, there's something going on in your life that you need God's help. You know, your foes in life may be great. Your troubles and trials may be incredible as far as sitting out in front of you. And you might even be outnumbered or feel like you're outnumbered at times. Maybe you're dealing with something that just seems hopeless. Maybe a problem at work, maybe something going on at school, at home, you know, parenting with children. Maybe there's something going on that it just feels like, hey, how can I do this? How can I go forward? You know, the world, and, and you may be tempted to do this, is say, just be self-reliant. Just, just toughen up, just keep going. And I'm all for toughening up and going forward. But you know what God says in the Bible? He says, deny yourself and trust in me. See, we're to trust in God, like Asa did. We're to look to God and say, God, I need your help. Turn, if you would, to 1 John. Let me show you an example of what the Bible says in the New Testament on this. 1 John chapter 5, I'm going to read. First John chapter 5. And the Bible tells us here in verse 14, he says, uh, well, I'm going to go verse 13, excuse me. These things have I written unto you that believeth on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Notice verse 14, and this is the confidence that we have in him. Okay, notice he says the confidence we have in him. You know, this world is all all about being self-confident. Now, I'm all, I believe you should go forward and be confident, but notice our confidence should be in God, not in us. Confidence in the Lord. Why? Because He's mighty. Because He's God. He's all-powerful. And He says here, He says in this passage, He says, confidence that we have in Him, if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. Let that sink in for a moment. Anything according to His will. You know, uh, you, you can stop and think about it. It's God's will that you be a great parent if you're a parent. So if you need help, ask God. It's God's will that you be a great husband or a great wife. So if you need help, ask God. It's God's will that you be a great employer or employee, depending on your situation. If you need help, ask God. You see, it's God's will that we live for Him. So if you need help, ask God. That's the point here. Have confidence in Him and take our cares to Him and seek His help. It says, if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He heareth us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. You know, the challenge there is to take our cares and our concerns to the Lord. And that's what I want to encourage you to do this morning. That's what the king did. He was in trouble. Uh, the Bible tells us that he was outnumbered. Basically, as far as the numbers were concerned, it was uh, two to one. Outnumbered two to one. I thought about that this week as preparing this lesson. Two to one. You know, when you put it in those numbers, it doesn't seem like too much. But when you put it in perspective, and you say, oh, wow, you know, he was in trouble. Let me give you a perspective of today, how we can think about it. You know, as I mentioned, there's a football game on tonight. 
Those that enjoy football, I'll use the, an illustration from football. You got 11 people on the field for the offense, and you have 11 people on defense. Uh, obviously, the, the goal for the offense is to score some points, and the defense is to stop them. Let me ask you a question. Could you imagine if one team was permitted to put 22 out there on defense, and the other team had 11? Now, I'm not a football expert. I enjoy watching it. But I can tell you this. I'd say they have no chance of scoring. If one team was allowed to play 22 on offense and then 22 on defense, uh, I think everyone would be safe to say they're going to win this game. No chance. Outnumbered. That's where we find the king. He's outnumbered 2-1. to one. He's got no chance here. He's looking at this large army coming to, to conquer his country. And he says, God, I need your help. You know, there may be a, a point in your life where you look and say, God, I need your help. I can't do this. Uh, you know, I think all of us need God's help every day. We need God's help to get through the day. Our church needs God's help. We, we want to grow. We need God to do it. We need God. We need to ask Him. God, help us. Help us to do what you want us to do. And that's what He did. He rested in the Lord's strength. Here's the third one. And this is important here. He regarded the Lord as His God. Okay, He's not just going to God for, you know, Lord, help me now. You know, I, I, I'm in trouble now. Like, let me give you an illustration. There's a story of a of two men who went fishing. And they went out there and they're fishing and they're out there catching some fish and well they, they didn't check the weather ahead of time and a fog kind of rolled in. And they were they're way out there on the lake. And uh, they tried to paddle to start getting in. Uh, the next thing you know that fog had settled quickly. They couldn't see. And so one of the men looked at the other. He says, um, you know, you go to church. He said, uh, how about you pray? The man said, well, no, let's just see if we can get to land. So they kept going. You know, half hour passed, and they're getting nowhere. They're starting to get really scared. And so the man looked again, he said, man, how about you just pray and talk to God? And the man said, okay. He said, uh, I guess I'm going to have to. He said, Lord, I haven't talked to you for years. And if you help me out of this problem, I'm not going to talk to you, bother you again for another 20 years. You know, sometimes that's how our prayer life can become. Where we just don't ask God for help unless we really need something. Instead, it should be taking all our cares to God, all our concerns for the Lord, and just having a strong prayer life with God. And that's what this king had. I believe he was close to God, and so he goes to God. And, and notice he said, uh, as far as our passage, let me get back in Second Chronicles in chapter 14. Because I want to show you here, we'll, we'll read what he said again. He says, uh, he says uh, in the middle there, he says that we have no power. Help us, O Lord our God. He says, for we rest on thee. And then he says, and in thy name we go against this multitude, O Lord. He says, thou art our God. Thou art our God. You know, that, that, that makes the difference. He says, you're our God. You're our God. You know, whenever you read in the Old Testament, Lord, capital L-O-R-D, that's referring to Jehovah. That's his name. That's who he is. And then God, he's saying, you're our God. Oh, there are a lot of other gods out in this world. They're false. And we're not worshiping them. We're worshiping you. You're our God. You see, this man belonged to the Lord. The Lord was his God. Not, not just to sway the people or to find favor in the world. He belonged to God and lived for God. We, we, in the, in, earlier in the, the chapter, you'll find... He set fortifications up. He trusted in God, did uh, what he thought would be best. And he belonged to God. And because of this, he said, God, will you uphold your name? In other words, God, do this for your sake, not for us, not for our glory, but for your glory, for your name and for your honor. Not for our sake, our glory, 
When you, when, when you stop to think about that, that's an excellent, an excellent pointer on prayer. When you go to God and ask Him to bless you, don't, don't ask because of your greatness, because we have no greatness. Or to, for us to be glorified, because we should seek God's glory in all things. So when we ask God to work, let's ask that God will work on His behalf for His glory and His honor. Let me give you an example for our church. Let's pray. Let's pray that we see souls saved. We see more souls saved. Let's continue to pray that we'll see the Lord bless the church. Not so we can go around and say, look how many people we have here. Look how wonderful our church. You know what it is? So we can say, look how good God is. Look what God has done. God has changed lives. God is working. God is blessing. And we give all the glory to God. And it's done for His sake and His honor, not ours. And when you pray, you can pray like that. Let me give you another example. Let's say you have something going on in your, your life with health or for sickness. And you need help. And you go to God, you know, you can pray that God be glorified in that. You, you can pray that. Say, Lord, uh, will you help me with this? And if it's your will to heal me, God, I'm going to give you the glory. I don't deserve this, but I'm going to share with the world how, how great you are if it's your will. And if it's not your will, then I'm going to still glorify you, God. You see, seeking God's glory in prayer, seeking God's honor. You know, in the scriptures we find that's the type of prayers God heard and that he answered. And in this case, we find the king honoring the Lord and seeking God's help. You see, he understood this, that the Lord was his hope. The Lord was his hope. And, and for him to say, we rest on thee, and you're our God, that's his way of basically saying, Lord, we're not turning to anybody else. There's nobody else that we're trusting in. There's nobody else that we're seeking help from. It's you, God. You're our God. You know what that is? That's faith, folks. That's complete trust. That's faith in God. And sometimes that is difficult to do. But that's needed. Did you know that's the kind of faith that's needed for salvation? You can't be saved if you're saying, God, uh, you know, uh, will you do this and I'll do this. No, you've got to trust that God is going to save your soul. You've got to believe on Him 100%. That's also the faith that you need every single day. You know, Hebrews 10 says, The just shall live by faith. That's the kind of faith that you need as you get up to go tomorrow morning to work. Say, Lord, I'm going to trust in you today. I don't know what's coming, but I'm going to trust that you're going to get me through this. Or if you have a situation where you are defeated or feel hopeless, then you go to God and say, God, I'm going to rest on you. I'm not looking to other places. You're my God, and I know you're great. And I want to encourage you to pray like that. Because when you pray like that, that's, that's prayers that are going to be heard. And those are prayers that are going to be answered. Those are going to be prayers that God honors when we glorify Him and we seek His glory in our lives. And here's my final thought here this morning. And that's uh, the results were great. The results were great. Notice what happened. We, we read there earlier this, in, this morning in the passage, but I'll just point out again. It says in verse uh, 12, So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. So here, here's some thoughts here on the results. First off, Asa did what he was supposed to do. Okay? He went forward and he faced the enemy and he prayed for God's help. You know what we have here? This is a prayer on the eve of battle. That's what this is. He's going out. He's got his army assembled and he's going out and he's saying, God, help us. Help us to get over this. Help us to, to defeat this enemy that's in front of us. And he prayed for God's help as he went forward. Now that's important. 
Alright, Here, here's two thoughts. First, you know it's hopeless. It's hopeless to expect victory without God's help. So we need God's help. But here's the second thought of this. It's foolish to pray for help without preparing to go forward. You know, William Carey, the missionary that, that not only went to India, but also shook the world for missions. Uh, this is his famous quote, and it's based upon this thought here. He said this. He said, expect great things from God, and then attempt great things for God. That's what we find the king doing here. He didn't just stay home, tell everyone, oh, okay, just hang out. We're going to pray for God to help. No, he went forward. He got his army ready. He said, God, we're going to go fight. Will you help us? Folks, that's what God expects us to do. He wants us to do what we can and trust Him as we go forward in life. Trust Him to take care of those problems that we can't take care of. Trust Him to work out the details of situations that we can't figure out or that confuse us. Just trust in the Lord. And so he went. Why did he go? Because he had confidence in God. His courage was strengthened in the Lord, and he went forward. What he discovered is that God blesses those that place their trust in Him. That's the challenge here this morning. Place your trust in God, and God will bless you. Now, He may not give you a victory over an army of thousands, but uh, unless you need it. Right now, I don't need that. But your things you're dealing with, He can give you victory over those, give you strength uh, to endure in certain situations. You know, the, the victory was great here. Bible tells us that the Ethiopians were, were defeated and they, they fled. You know, it's an interesting fact. It would be 300 years before an army would come out of Africa that would threaten Judah again. 300 years, loved ones. That's how great this victory was. You know, when God gives victories, He gives great victories. And so we should seek His help in our time of need. In closing this morning, here's a, a few questions that I want to ask you. What do you face today? Is there something in your life that you're dealing with? And at first thought, you may say, well, nothing real big. Well, it doesn't have to be big. It could be something you're dealing with. Or maybe it is something that's big. Maybe it's some, something that is a, a problem or a burden on your heart. What do you face today? What do you need help with? I want to encourage you with two things. First, turn to God with that. Now, you might already have. And if you have, continue going to Him. But, but turn to God. Take it to the Lord. And then second, trust in God to work. Put your faith in the Lord. Just like King Asa did. Recognize the Lord's greatness. He's there to help you. He, he, can, he can help you with any problem you have. And then rest on His strength. Lord, I am going to rest on you. You're going to give me the answer. You're going to help me. I'm going to trust you. And then regard him as your God. In other words, look to him as your God. Your only answer. And I believe God's going to bless you. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website centralbaptistchurch.org Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.